Hey friend, tens of thousands of people receive hope through their headphones each week by listening to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. But we know as well as most people that healing doesn't happen simply by listening to inspiring stories. In fact, you have to engage in deeper relational community with like-minded people who are also struggling through the journey. And you have to apply the practical tools and truths that you're learning from those who have gone before you. I mean, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. He said, those who listen to my words and put them into practice will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The storms will come, but the, but the house won't fall. It's information plus application that leads to transformation, which is why we've created the Nothing is Wasted Community Plus platform, an ecosystem of content that you can consume through the power of targeted community. Never again will you have to say that no one understands what you're going through because through Community Plus, we're bringing you both the people who quote unquote get it and the content that will help you journey through it for just $20 a month or $200 a year with your community plus membership. You'll receive access to our extensive library of bonus content, including bonus podcast episodes and on-demand mini courses, access to all of our curated pathways in their entirety on-demand replay access to all exclusive events, masterclasses, live coaching, webinars, Immediate access to the Position for Redemption mini course, which is normally $97. Discounts on all Nothing is Wasted products, events, and coaching. And if you choose the annual plan, you get two months for free. Now, here's the deal. What's even better is that since Nothing is Wasted Ministries is a nonprofit organization, Community Plus membership is tax deductible. That's right. We'll send you a statement at the end of the year, and you can report that on your taxes. I believe Community Plus will be such a helpful tool for you in your pain to purpose journey that I want to give you a seven day trial for free by signing up today at nothingiswasted.com slash community plus. If you're ready to partner with God to take back your story, get the resources you need to help along the way through encouragement and practical steps. The community plus platform is what you are looking for in navigating your pain to purpose journey. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash community plus and sign up now and join others who are finding hope and healing. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm your co-host, Aubrey Sampson. And I'm Davey Blackburn, and it is great to have you guys joining us this week. Always a pleasure to be able to bring hope through your headphones or your car speaker right. or wherever you're listening to this. It's always a, a pleasure. I always listen to this or this and other podcasts on my commute to and from dropping my kids off at school. Oh, you, you do it so, yeah. so wow. So, okay, it's funny you say this because this year my kids, one of them takes the bus, the other's old enough yeah. to get himself to school, and the other's in a carpool that my husband does. And oh, so, so I don't have, have much car time oh, anymore, but okay. I do listen to podcasts when I'm on the treadmill. So I'm definitely the hope in your headphones audience. That's me. There it is. Yeah, that's right me. there in the headphones. Yeah. I guess I got to take that back. I don't listen to the podcast on the way to school. Cause I try to be a little bit more present with my kids. However, there oh, are moments good. where Weston's over there reading cause he's a book nerd so and Natalia's cute. asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and in those, those moments we're stuck in traffic. I'm like, 
I look back, I'm like, I'm just gonna put the pod, I'll a put podcast on. It's fine. On. I'm just gonna, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I love that. Well, That's awesome. We have a great interview today with Jen Tucker. Uh, Jen was going through some pretty difficult stuff uh, r- relating to her kids. Her daughter yeah. was, uh, man, she was having panic attacks, diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. Um, like, like you mentioned last episode, this is kind of an epidemic with our young people. Yeah, it uh, absolutely I, is. You know, and we, we dive into this a little bit, but I think social media is really, really having a detriment to our young absolutely. people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it is. We've got to figure something out for the next, in the next era, the next phase of whatever that yeah. looks like in terms yeah. of helping our young people be able to set boundaries for that and, yeah. and um, navigate those things really well. But Jen wrote a book called Breath as Prayer, and it's Calm Your Anxiety, Focus Your Mind, and Renew Your Soul. And I love mm. this because, you know, Christy does a class. Aubrey, I think you know this. She does a, an online course for wellness, for holistic wellness right. called Back to the Garden. Right. And she was teaching one just the other week on the idea of, you know, mindfulness, meditation, silence, solitude, some of these spiritual practices that yeah. we have that are ancient practices that in some ways like uh, pop psychology has hijacked and they kind of <laughs> spun into their own Made stuff. Made it their own, yeah. right. And I love the fact that it's like, oh, they're finally catching up to what God has mm. told us that we, you know, but you can't even say the name of God, right? Yahweh, without there being this breath in, breath, breath. out. Yeah, right, right, and which so is so powerful. It's yeah. such a powerful thing. And this is so important. This breathing is so important to the calming of our spirit, the downregulation of um, of our heart and of our mind when it comes to trauma. And that's what Jen talks about. And it was kind of something she was helping her daughter with. And um, and she found some real some real freedom and some real healing in this. That's so. so awesome. I think this is going to be such an incredible uh, conversation for you to listen to because she does. I mean, this is the other thing. she This contemplative practice that you're talking about of breathing, and then she like combines it with science and psychology. And yeah. I just love when... Like you were just saying, we find that like God already knows all of it, and but we can use these different fields and like put them together yep. and go, oh yeah, this is what God has taught us yeah. to do. You know, you know what I always along. refer back to as I think I can't remember where it is. The Psalms somewhere it talks about God looking over the circle of the earth, and I think back to the time before Copernicus and Galileo, where everybody thought the earth was flat, right? And here's the psalmist that's saying. Talk wow. about a circle of the earth. Wow. And I just, I'm going, I wonder if huh. Copernicus was like, yo, Psalms, <laughs> like, come on. Already like told us that. Already God told already us told this told is going to you know, be a round thing. I just yeah. love the Lord and <laughs> believe his word and, you know. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I like that. That's good. But I have I think never those heard are that. the things that are coming up right now is we're learning more about the brain. Yeah. Neuroscience, how the brain works. We're seeing scripture come alive in a lot of different ways because of that. So incredible. Um, Taking captive our thoughts and all that. I mean, just like, okay, God. Yes. So. Okay, God. You must actually be God. (laughs) This is a great conversation with Jen. Let's go ahead and dive into uh, the conversation I have with Jen Tucker. Jen, it's so great to have you on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, your family, your life, where you live. Just kind of tell us a little bit about Jen Tucker right okay. now, and then we'll dive back <laughs> into your story a little bit. 
Okay. Yeah, my name's Jen, Jennifer, but you can call me Jen. Um, oh, my story. I have. I grew up a military kid, so I grew up all over the place, but I've lived here in Georgia for over 20 years now, um, married with my husband. We, got, we met senior year of high school. I moved here senior year of high school. We met Got married four years later after college and started a family. I have wow. two girls who are now 17 and 19 years old, one in college, Ooh. one. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting ready to it's, shove them out to college. Oh, my God. I tell well, you what, said one's in been, college. <laughs> yeah. Man. So, um, yeah. And I, I started out as an elementary school teacher for a few years. That was my dream growing wow. up to teach. And I did until I had my two girls and... I left teaching to focus on being a mom, ended up working in preschool ministry at our church for a while, um, stepped down from that for a multitude of family reasons, and then somehow stumbled my way into the world of graphic design and illustration and hand lettering okay. stuff. So art and that type of thing is kind of where my wheelhouse is nowadays, wow. um, probably for the past almost 10 years now. Um I do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with um, different yeah. authors doing graphic design and stuff. I never, ever dreamed that I'd be an author of a book or anything like that. It's, it's. If I told you the details of how things unfolded, it just—it's only God, only Him wow. could write the story that's been written. Especially these past few years, um, mm -hmm. I just can't get over it. I just, you know, it's. It's just neat. Wow. So yeah, I do a lot of graphic design and illustrations, and that's kind of more my thing. But um, wow. the last few years have been have dove us way deep in the world of mental health and lots okay. of struggles and lots of hard things that we've walked through. Um, so yeah, that's where I am now. It's just kind of stumbling yep. a bit through the dark yep. and making our way one one day at a time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, we, we are at nothing is wasted. Obsessed with those kinds of stories where you're just like in awe of God, you're just like, mm -hmm. God, I don't know how, you know, um, because it, it's testament to the fact that we're in situations in life where we cannot see a way out of it. And yet God proves himself to be a rescuer, a restorer, a redeemer. Um, and so I can sense that even as you're talking about this, that you're, it's kind of, hitting you a little bit. This has been quite a journey. It's been quite a journey. I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about where you would say kind of that journey started for you guys, this, this dark night of the soul, I guess mm -hmm. you could, you could call it. Well, I'd say it really started hard four years ago. Um, my daughter, my youngest, who was 13 at the time, began having panic attacks. She was, it was her first day mm -hmm. of eighth grade and came home and it just, a lot of what had happened through her middle school experience kind of all snowballed and came together into just, it became more than she could bear. And she yeah. had her first major panic attack. I was terrified. I didn't know what it was, what was happening, mm -hmm. what was wrong. Um, the next morning, trying to take her to school, she was hyperventilating and could not get out of the car. And I took her to the doctor and so began our journey of figuring out, um, how to help her and how to work through this and walk through this. She was diagnosed shortly after with generalized anxiety disorder. Um, panic attacks were her big struggle. Um, she had multiple 
a week, then it became multiple a day. Uh, so panic disorder became on the thing. And then through the years, multiple diagnoses have been added, multiple different, just as soon as I think we get one thing figured out, something else <laughs> becomes hard. Yeah. Um, so walking with her through the world of mental health, um, especially as a Christian, it has been yeah. for me, it's nothing I would have chosen for us. It's never yeah, anything I would sure. have chosen for her. However, God has been so good to us through it. And it's hard for me. It's really hard to articulate what he's taught me and how he's grown me through this. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of stripped me bare. <laughs> it definitely has been yeah. a winter of the soul where everything was stripped completely bare. Um yeah. I felt so broken, so helpless, so uh, it's just been a tough, tough road of a lot of ups and downs. And if I'm honest, we are still very much walking through it yeah, um, yeah. with some new struggles and some new things. Um, but in the process of helping her learn about her anxiety and managing her anxiety in healthy ways, I um, had to get real honest with myself about my own struggles with anxiety and recognize those symptoms and signs within myself and how I was managing them in not so healthy ways. And I was kind of avoiding anxiety, pushing it to the side, denying that I had it. It For me, it's more a high, function, high functioning type of anxiety where it manifests yeah. more with a lot of overworking, extreme people pleasing, perfectionism right. um, to the extreme. I, I have to control every little thing in my life, planning, making lists, doing to try to right. avoid any thing that unknown thing that may happen that may cause me stress or, or these feelings of anxiety. And I, if I look back, I've been that way my whole life, but I didn't name it anxiety for a very, very long time. And I think a lot of it's because I, there was a lot of shame surrounding it yeah. for me, a lot of guilt yeah. surrounding it for me. Um, I mean, I grew up in the church. I love Jesus with all my heart. But you read verses like, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Do not fear. Do not fear. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And I couldn't reconcile how I was feeling with what Scripture said. And I'm like, but wow. I still feel anxious. I'm still worried. I'm still afraid. I read my yeah. Bible. I pray. I do all the things that they tell me to do. But I'm still struggling. What's wrong with yeah. me? What What am I doing wrong in my faith? I must not trust God enough. I must wow. not be praying right or praying Which enough. Or I must just not. Just further feeds so I had, that anxiety. <laughs> yeah. So I had internalized yeah. a lot of shame oh, and guilt over it. To the point that I just ignored it, which is not healthy, by the way. Do not ignore your anxiety. Um, <laughs> because it will not. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. serve you well to ignore it. Um, but it wasn't until really we were intentionally helping my daughter walk through hers, um, which she has a diagnosed anxiety disorder, which I will say is a totally different, it's a different thing than it's just your everyday anxiety. Right, um, right. It's so walking with her through that, learning what anxiety is, learning how it's the how it processes in the body, how it's our body's stress response, how our nervous system gets dysregulated and how to kind of help it re-regulate. And I mean, we've been through so much therapy and different yeah. doctors and psychiatrists and the journey we've walked has been really, really hard. And I read a quote once, or I heard it once that says, you either learn enough that you want to change or you hurt enough that you have to change. And I feel like we fall more on the hurt enough that you have to change side. Wow. Um, 
so we've we've gone through a lot of hurt wow. and a lot of hard things to get us to where we are now, to get me where I am now. Um, but wow, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I wouldn't wish to do it again. But I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything because yeah. I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for this journey we've been walking on. I wouldn't understand what others might be going through, have more empathy for those who are struggling in this area that I never wow. even considered um, the whole world of mental health and what it really is and the compassion and the the safe space that is sometimes missing in churches for those who struggle with these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it's wow. been a tough journey. And then last yeah. year, last year happened, which was the hardest year of my life. Um, my daughter with other um, health issues um, going on in addition to her anxiety, like we've had other things happening and I, yeah. I had to take her to the emergency room up in Atlanta, which is two hours north of us because we don't have specialists here that can help with her particular things and I might I might sound a little by side note I might sound a little vague when I describe her yeah, her illness and her health but it's her story too and a lot of right. these things are still really tender for her um, right. I have talked with her about what I can and can't share and I want to honor her with what she's not comfortable making public yet um, yeah, and she may never sure. want to make it public and that's totally okay it's her story although her story has deeply impacted me in my own right. journey Um, she's 17 now and it's her story to tell when she's ready and if she's ready. But, um, the gist of it is she was very, very sick, very, very sick, um, more sick than we even realized that day um, that I had took her to the ER and I drove her there and she was, they ended up admitting her. The doctors said so many things that just kind of hit me, uh, unexpectedly. of what we were really facing with her. Um, they got her into a room up on the fourth floor, hooked her up to all the heart monitors. We had a nurse in our room full time, 24 hours a day to monitor her. Uh, she was really sick. She was more than I, I could wrap my head around. And that night at the hospital, once she finally fell asleep and it's the middle of the night, it's like two in the morning and it's so dark, literally. And, in my heart, <laughs> so dark, like yeah, I yeah. couldn't see um, the next step. I had no idea how the next few hours would unfold, let alone the next few days, weeks, months ahead. And my anxiety, which I had been learning how to manage and recognize, but it became so intense. I, I, I didn't know what to do. The, the physical symptoms were just almost more than I could bear. My heart was racing. I couldn't catch my breath. I was crying, shaking. Wow. I was so scared. I was terrified of what we were about to walk into, and I didn't want to have to do it. I didn't want to have to walk this road. I didn't want to have to. I didn't want to have to sit by my girl as she suffered, as she struggled with things that I couldn't help her with. They were bigger than what I could, as her mom, help her with. I couldn't keep her safe. I couldn't do the yeah. things that a mom should do. You know, like I felt, right. and I felt like through these last few years, I had prayed everything I knew to pray. I had prayed for healing. I had prayed for mercy. I had prayed for all the things, begged God. I can't tell you how many hours I spent on the ground, on my knees, crying out to him, 
to help. And a lot of times it felt like he was so quiet and so silent because it would just get harder and harder and harder. And it was, it's it's hard to walk that road. And that night it all came to a head and I was just like, I had nothing left in me and I had no words to say, no words to pray. I didn't know what to tell God anymore. And at that moment, and I can only explain it, that it was the Holy Spirit. He put in my heart some words of a breath prayer that I had learned a few months before. Breath prayer was something in all my research and trying to find healthy ways to manage anxiety and breathing exercises yeah. were definitely something that have really helped me a lot. But in my research of finding different ideas, I stumbled across the idea of breath prayers and it intrigued me so much. I had never heard of them before. Um, mm. I wasn't raised with like a big liturgical type practice in church. We yeah. didn't do con- contemplative prayer or anything like that. So all of that was pretty new to me. Um, so breath prayer was like, hmm. So it intrigued me. I wrote some down. I prayed a few of them at the time. But it wasn't until now months later when I had nothing to pray, God just put that little prayer in my heart. And it's straight from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And that is all I could think of. That's the only words I had. And so I started, I'm like, okay. So I took a deep breath in and I prayed, the Lord is my shepherd. And then I breathed out, I have all that I need. And then I did it again. And I inhaled, the Lord is my shepherd. And I exhaled, I have all that I need. And I just kept repeating that to myself. I kept intentionally slowing my breathing And I could feel the physical symptoms of the anxiety start to calm. And then as I prayed that little prayer, it turned my mind toward the truth in God's word, truth that was Mm -hmm. bigger than these, all these emotions and feelings I was feeling, which were so overwhelming, all the uncertainty of what was to come and all the worries and fears of what might happen was overcome by the truth that the Lord is my shepherd and he loves Mm -hmm. us. Even when it's so dark and we can't see him and we don't understand, he's still there and he's still caring for us. And I have all that I need. I don't need to know how tomorrow's going to work out. I don't need to know how all this journey is going to go. All I need to know is that I have him and with him, I have all that I need because I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know that he holds tomorrow and he's holding me and he's holding my daughter too. And so I was able to fall asleep that night with a renewed peace that I had not felt in a long time just by breathing and then turning my heart to him and then giving it all to him, laying it at his feet mm. basically and saying, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do with all this and right. I don't have any words, but his word gave me words to pray and to cling yeah. to in that moment. And now the next day as the doctors come in and new things are done and tests are run and the fear goes up again and the anxiety goes up again. And, but I would just, okay, intentionally still slow down, take some deep breaths and pray that little breath prayer over and over. And breath prayer became my lifeline during that hospital stay. I would walk the halls praying and breathing, breathing and praying. And that's how I got through what was the hardest days of my life. We ended up in the hospital for nearly three weeks. And then all of last year was full of treatment. And she ended up 16 weeks in like very intensive treatment. And 10 of those weeks we were separated from her. I couldn't, couldn't even visit because of COVID restrictions. And so we could only see her through a screen, which was really, 
really hard (laughs) when you go from being, because we had pulled her out of public school um, that first year because she couldn't walk in the building because she was having so many panic attacks. So I've been homeschooling her. So we've been together 24 hours a day. So then to go from that to separated for a very long time was really, really hard. Um, And every day, and I had no control. I had no control over how this was going to go. I couldn't make her better. I couldn't heal these things. Um, But I could trust in the one who could and who was holding her. And that no matter, even if the worst of the worst happened, which I had to prepare my heart for, even if the worst happens, I still have God and he still loves us and he's still good and he's still kind. And even when it doesn't feel that way and even when I can't see him and even when I can't even see the next step in front of me, Reminding my soul of the truth in his word really just kind of gave me something to cling to. Otherwise, I would have lost all hope. I would have, I don't know what I would have done because it was hard enough as it was as I was just clinging to him. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, it was during that whole season. Actually, I was literally Mm -hmm. in the hospital sitting next to her when I got an email from an editor saying they had read my little blog post about breath prayer. When I had first learned about it, I wrote a little thing. I don't write a lot. Every now Mm -hmm. and then I'll throw something out there. But for whatever reason, they had st- well, God, <laughs> whatever reason they had stumbled upon this and said, "Hey, we think this would make a good book. We think people need need mm. to hear about this. Would you be willing to write it?" And I said, um, wow. "I don't think I can do that. I'm in the hospital with my daughter. Like literally, we were right in the middle of. I had no idea how long we'd be there and what the next few months wow. would unfold like." And I'm not an author, and I'm not a writer. I'm like, I can't write a book. There's no way. But it was in those days. I had been praying breath prayers literally through the entire day. They were my lifeline. And so God just wouldn't let me let it go. And it ended up being writing this book that we can talk about later, Breath as Prayer, was really me writing prayers through this really hard journey and through the hardest months of my life. These prayers were birthed out of that. They were the prayers I was praying to get through what I didn't know how to walk through. And I had no... And I still, to this day, there. Yesterday was one of those days. I'm like, I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how to do this, God. I don't know how yeah. to yeah. walk this. But by clinging to you and trusting that I'll just take the next step, and you're gonna right. keep being there with me. And so that's kind of where we were, where we've been, where we are still. Is just this yeah. constant having to turn to Him, constant clinging to Him. And trusting that he is still working, even though I can't see it. He's still making a way, even though I don't know how. Um, And that someday, even if it's an eternity, we'll see that all of this does work together for our good and for his glory. And I have to trust in the hope in his word that promises that he says, even when I don't see it or understand it. And so... Yeah, I know I rambled a bit there. <laughs> no, that was topic, amazing. But. That was amazing, Jen. Hey, friends, with as many of you guys who are listening to this each week, I know so many of you are carrying a heavy weight of pain and loss. Your story is not gone the way that you thought it was going to go. And when we, when we start to process what's happening in our lives, we can often find ourselves paralyzed by the pain, not really knowing where to go from here, what to do from here. And uh, you know, I know from experience that we even begin to, to tell ourselves lies like, this is the end of your story, that this will always define you. And trust me, 
I've been there. But with the help of others, I was able to navigate my way out of that valley. And nothing is wasted ministries. We exist to help you navigate your pain and even find purpose from that pain. So if you're new to our community and you're wondering where to start or you've been with us for some time and you're just looking to take your next step, I'm hosting a free live call just for you. In that call, we're going to talk about the five steps to taking back your story, no matter what you've gone through. I'm going to share with you a little more of my own journey of how God met me in my valley and guided me after losing my wife, Amanda. And I'm going to teach you five critical steps that you'll have to take in order to rewrite your story. The call is going to be right at 60 minutes long, but I promise you, it's going to be well worth your time because in it, you'll learn things like how to regain a sense of agency and begin thriving, not just surviving, but thriving in the midst of your trying circumstances. Why having more questions than answers may be an essential part of moving forward. How to get rid of the overwhelming negative emotions that tend to bog you down and get you stuck. We're going to talk about the one key decision that you're going to have to take in order to move through your pain and, and beyond it. How to listen to the right voices with, when everyone seems to have an opinion on what you quote-unquote should do next. And listen to me, a whole lot more. So if you're feeling weighed down or paralyzed by the pain you've experienced, you don't have to stay there. I want to be your guide and show you the way back to thriving. Just go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here to sign up for this free live call. Or if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, just click the link at the bottom in the show notes. We've made it extremely easy for you to sign up and we're offering multiple date and time options for this live call to work with your calendar. Guys, I believe this one step could be the very breakthrough you need to put you on the redemptive path God has for you. Just open up your browser on your phone right now and go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here or click the link we've included in the show notes of this episode. I'm in your corner and I can't wait to connect with you soon. No, I love that. I love, I mean, the concept of your book, I, I love the application of the principles that you were talking about, right? just now within your own story and how it's experientially the discovery of breath prayers really helped you to navigate that season and still is continuing to help you navigate mm -hmm. that season. And I just love the authenticity of what the book became, that it was just this outpouring of you walking through this and not some kind of a, you're not in this posture of, well, let me tell you, I'm an expert. I've been, you know, mm -hmm. for 30 years, I've been teaching people how to do breath prayers and, you know, and so now I'm going to put down all of my, it's, it's like, Hey, let me tell you what God revealed to me and what I stumbled upon as we were going through this. And, but I also love the fact that, you know, uh, we talk often on the Nothing's Wasted podcast about the intersection of psychology and faith and I mean, even you're talking about bringing in some liturgical contemplative practices and how there's so much of that that is multidimensional when it comes mm -hmm. to how God created us, how he created this world to operate. And when we begin to tap into some of those things and we begin to see, wait, oh, this is how God created these rhythms to work and to operate. And when we, when we, when we misalign from that, then that is where our, you know, a lot of malady can come into our own soul, into our own body, into our own... But when we align ourselves or realign ourselves with those things out of a trust in the Lord, that his ways are higher than our ways and his ways are the right ways, right? 
that, that we begin to start finding wholeness again. Mm-hmm. And it just speaks again to the fact that like, this is how God created all these things. I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit. Cause I'm sure, sure. on your journey as you, as you're like, Whoa, how did this work? You probably mm-hmm. went in and kind of analyzed a little bit and dove into even some of the reasons why, like scientifically mm-hmm. and you know, why does this seem to center us, mm-hmm. especially in times when we're finding places of anxiety or we're, you know, fraught with worry? Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing that really fascinated me so much about this journey is for a lot, I think, for whatever reason, sometimes we separate science, medical, that side of things from faith and spiritual. We somehow see. Well, we've been doing it for got our, centuries. I know, right? You we've know, got I our mean, body. I think about Copernicus and here. Galileo, and yeah. they're like, yeah, they're like, well, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. The earth is flat. And it's like, well, no, nah, mm-hmm. let's talk about how God's word said that the earth is round, you know, and <laughs> this is how God, yeah. science is supposed to be. I've said this over and over. Science should be this discovery of, oh my gosh, this is how God created things to work. Mm-hmm. Wow, right? It should result yeah, in yeah. worship. Up and they're too tied together. So anyway, absolutely, yeah. But we I'm tend on to a separate it, right? right now. <laughs> no, no. I I get on the same one because we yeah. separate them as if science is the enemy over here, and right. well, faith and spirituality—that's a higher plane. But really, God, mm-hmm. God created our right. bodies, mind, and soul. All parts of us He made to work yep. very integrated, very interconnected. Yep. We can't really separate the body from. The spirit, because we are we live right. an embodied life. Our soul is embodied, and so take right. caring for our body, which includes caring for our brain, is mm. extremely important to That's to good. care for this body God's given us. But as I learned about right. how our body really processes stress and how our body manages anxiety, and we were learning about all kinds of different mental health conditions, and um, as we walked her through her mental, her anxiety disorder and how that's different than your everyday anxiety, but yet at the same time, you know, we, a lot of the same strategies can help, um, and what she needs to help care for her and care for her mental health and for myself, how I can better care for my yeah. own mental health. And that's, that's not a taboo thing. That's not against scripture. That's not right. caring for right. my mental health is part of how I can't, like you said, you can worship God because you're That's right. Science really is just revealing what God's already told us. It's just revealing. Exactly right. It's not contradictory right. to scripture. It's not contradictory to what God says. It's just us uncovering deep more deeply yep. the truths of what it, and breath is one of those. Our breathing is one of those mm. things that I have been so fascinated with. I'm like, God, this is just cool. Because he gave us our breath. It, it was God's breath right. at the very beginning, way back in Genesis. Mm. He, when he breathed into Adam the breath of life, that's what made Adam a living soul, God's breath. So breath from the very beginning is the source of life. And so without our breath, literally, our bodies will die. We cannot live without the breath. Right. Without the breath of God, our souls die. Without mm. God breathing into us, our souls are not alive. And so the, the importance and significance of breath is there from the very, very beginning. But it wasn't until I learned how the breath worked in the body that I was like, oh my goodness, God gave us this amazing gift here with our breath that can help us calm our bodies in times of anxiety, in times of fear, because I mean, we have this nervous system within us and I will be the first to say, I'm not an expert. And I say that very clearly in my little book. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor, but I have done a lot of research and we've been under um, the care of doctors and therapists for years now. Um, 
So I'm merely repackaging and sharing what I've learned from those who are way smarter than me and know way more than me. Um, But our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system is fascinating. It, It connects our brain to all the organs in our body and controls all those things that we don't have to think about, like our heart our heartbeat and our our breath. A lot of times we don't have to think about breathing. Our body just does yep. it because it's an automatic system. Right. Our stress response is one of those automatic systems. Our body yeah. reacts to a threat, what's perceived as a threat or danger or stress in a very automatic way. We have systems set up in our brain, the amygdala, which is sometimes called the emotional brain, will kind of take over and shut down that logic side so we can react. And that's where the fight or flight or freeze response comes from. You hear that a lot. But what that really is, is we have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system as part of that autonomic nervous system. When the sympathetic nervous system gets triggered by whatever your nervous system is perceiving as a threat to you, it which is a good thing. Like if you're in a in the woods and there's a bear right. in your path, you need to be able to respond without thinking. Like your body reacts to keep you safe. That's the whole goal of our yeah. anxiety and our nervous system, keep you safe. And so when it senses a threat or a danger, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in and your heart rate increases, your breathing becomes more rapid, a whole bunch of different things go off in your brain, hormones are released yeah. to prepare you to react, to keep you safe. And right. so when that revs up, it is hard to think logically because your body's just doing what it automatically conditioned to do to respond to that stress or that threat. When we calm down again, the parasympathetic nervous system then kicks in and slows our heart rate, slows our breathing. The amygdala calms down so then the thinking part of our brain can take over again and we can process things more logically. Um, That's the rest and digest system of our body. And so we have these two systems that God made. These are God created. Neither of these are contrary to what God made that are given to us. Yeah, neither one of them are a result of the fall or anything like that. They're given to us to help regulate and keep us in line, keep our systems regulated no matter what we're facing around us. Now, we are living in a fallen world with bodies that are broken in many different ways and dysregulated a lot. Um, Our bodies aren't functioning the way that God originally intended when he created Adam and Eve because of the entrance of sin, because of the fall. And so a lot of times, like for me, my anxiety revs up for something that really isn't a threat to me. I, I get nervous and anxious over being in a crowd of people. I feel... I get so anxious. I had, I don't know if I have social anxiety or what, but it really is hard for me sometimes to breathe. I get real shaky, yeah. sweaty. Um, I thought there was something wrong with me for years. I'm like, why can't I just sit in this Bible study with all these women and not feel absolute panic? Um, mm. It's my anxiety. It's my nervous system kind of dysregulated there saying, oh, you're in danger. We need to do something. You need to get out of here. Really, I I wasn't in danger. And so what I learned is that, yes, we have all these automatic things that happen in our body. We can't control our heart rate. Our our brain just controls that for us. We can't control our blood pressure. But breathing is one of those parts of our autonomic system that we can control. We can, yes, we can breathe automatically. Usually we don't even think about our breath through the day. Um, It's just something our body does but we also can do it intentionally. We can consciously control our breathing. We can choose to breathe slow and deep or rapid and shallow. 
And so when we breathe really fast and shallow, that's part of that sympathetic nervous system saying, oh, something's wrong. We got to prepare to respond. But if we can slow our breathing down, that's tied to those vagus nerves in our body, which is part of the parasympathetic nervous system. And that vagus nerve that's connected to your lungs, it's going to send those signals to the brain saying, oh, they're breathing really slowly. We're okay. You can calm down up there, amygdala, because we're safe. Everything's okay. We don't need to respond right now. And then our thinking side of the brain can take over. Our heart rate slows down. You'll feel physically the symptoms of anxiety begin to calm and ease because just by slowing your breath, just by breathing intentionally, deeply, and slowly, slowing down, taking a deep breath. Um, I, I know when the girls, when my girls were growing up, a lot of times they come, like they come running in from outside, really upset and flustered because something had happened out there that upset them or scared right. them or something. And they're, they're going a mile a minute. They're not making any sense. Like I can't understand their words. And what do I tell them? Hey, calm down, take a deep breath, and then tell me what's going on. I didn't know back then what I was saying is, slow your breathing. That's going to help you calm down enough that you can really talk to me and tell me what's going on. But that's what, it's that simple of a thing that we don't think about, but it can be so, such a powerful tool to help manage anxiety. Um, Now, if you have an anxiety disorder, it, it might be more complicated than just taking some deep breaths. You may have, you know, like we have, my daughter goes to therapy and there's all kinds of different tools and strategies she's used. Um, She requires medication and that's okay, you know, because part of managing her particular illness, her particular disorder is the need for medication. And so, and there's no shame in that. That's no, no different than if, if she had diabetes and I gave her insulin, I would not be ashamed of giving her insulin um, right. to help her body do what it's supposed to do. She needs a little extra help for her brain to do what it needs to do. We actually did genetic right. testing and there's actually a genetic disformity thing, like something, mm. an extra little thing in there that makes her <clears throat> brain harder to process serotonin. And so she needs a little help wow. with that. And so knowing wow. that, learning the science side of it, and how God made our bodies and how maybe they're a little dysfunctioned right now, like dis- yeah. dysregulated, and how to bring it back in tune, back in alignment, right. has been such a powerful thing for me because it helped me let go of the shame that I was holding onto for feeling anxious mm. when I realized, no, this is my body reacting to what it perceives as a threat or stress. Right. Let me calm right. down and then evaluate, is this really a situation where I need to be worked yeah. up over, where I need to spiral into panic, or is this just something that I just need to, okay, calm down. (laughs) Everything's okay. And just redirect my thoughts, redirect um, my energy towards something positive and learn how to manage that anxiety in healthy ways, not pushing it down, not hiding it, not denying it. And so learning the science side helped me shed the shame of all of it and really just kind of tackle it head on and say, okay, I have anxiety. And that's just part of that's just part of me. And how do yeah. I manage that in a way that's going to be healthy for me and my family? But also, how can I do it in a way that turns me to God? So my anxiety turned from being something that was a roadblock to my faith, something I felt like I had to get over or figure out, or an enemy that I had to somehow fight and... and, and, and right, um, right. Sorry, I hit my microphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it turned from something. Not an enemy, Jen. I know, right? <laughs> it, it it turned from being an enemy to actually the thing that actually has been the catalyst that has deepened my faith 
in ways that are really hard for me to explain. Yeah. Without my anxiety, yeah. I wouldn't have turned to him in these times right, of, right. you know, like it, it trigger. Right. it is a, instead of a trigger to spiral me to panic, now it's just a prompt to mm. slow down and turn my mind to Christ and the truth in his word that is more important and bigger than the big feelings that I'm feeling when I feel anxiety. Because yeah. our feelings are real and I don't want to discount our feelings. Right. We need to pay attention to our feelings because they're telling us something. Right. Something in our body is telling us something. What is our what is my body telling me? But our feelings don't always tell me the truth. Like my anxiety tells mm. me I'm in danger. Uh, that's not always the truth. So if I wow. can calm my body and at the same time turn my mind to Christ and truth, good. I'm not only... Okay, we learned breathing is the bridge between the brain and the body. That's that's how important breathing is. You can you can literally change your brain and calm your body through how you breathe. And wow. in the same way that breathing is the bridge between the brain and the body, prayer is our bridge from our soul to God. Mm. It connects us to our creator. It connects us wow. back to the one who made us. And so breath breath work alone and breathing definitely helps calm physical symptoms of yeah. anxiety. But prayer is the thing that's going to tap into our soul level and connect us back to God and help turn our mind toward truth that we can count on. No matter how we're feeling, no matter our circumstances around us, there's truth that's deeper that we can tap into. And for me, that's what breath prayer has done, is it kind of brought the two together. It brought the breathing and the science and how my body works right in line with the spiritual and my soul and how mm. prayer works to connect us to God. And at the same time, I can calm my anxiety and strengthen my faith because I'm turning to him as I'm calming my, it's just, it connects it all. Right. It brings it right. all together. And it's, it's God doing it through my breath. And it's just, it's an incredible gift that has helped me so much. And so really I'm, and it may not help everybody breath work like for my daughter, actually makes her more anxious when she focuses on mm. her breathing. She gets yeah, she gets worried that she's not doing it right. And so then she spirals right, into right. worrying about that. Because so because of yeah. her anxiety disorder. It's and so for her, the breath part of it has not been as helpful for her. Um and that's okay if you're like that. If you're like, I tried it, that did not work for me. I just I felt like I was doing it wrong and I was worried about, you know, it didn't call me. It made me more anxious. Okay, then don't right. do the breath part. Prayer always helps. <laughs> prayer will yeah. always help, in my opinion. But um, but in general, breath prayers help me so much. And I just, you know, this book is like an offering like, hey, this helped me. Hey, maybe it'll help you too. Maybe it'll yeah. help you connect those dots between your anxiety and helping calm that and your faith and connecting you to God. Because it all it's not in opposition to each other. It's right. It's not right. at all. I think right. we get this idea with anxiety because there are so many verses that tell us, don't be anxious, don't worry, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And for me, I read those verses years ago for so long with a voice of condemnation that God was condemning me if I did feel anxious, that if I was afraid, I'm doing something wrong. Um, yeah. But I think walking through what we've walked through these last few years, I've really seen God in a different light. He's our Heavenly Father. And he loves us so much. We are his children. He's our shepherd. We are his sheep. And when he tells us don't be anxious and not to worry, he's not saying it from a voice of condemnation. He's not waiting to strike us down when we're afraid. He's not waiting to call us out when we're anxious and get mad at us. 
he's he's our father. And yeah. just like me with my daughter, when she's afraid at night and comes to me scared or when she's panicky, I don't get mad at her. I'm not going to yell at her. I'm not going right. to... I wrap her in my arms, literally, and I right. calm her and I'm like... It's okay. I'm right here. You're not alone. Mm. You're safe. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry. It's I'm right here with you. And that's what God's saying in those verses. He's wrapping us in his arms and saying, listen, I know you're going to be afraid. And I know you're going to be anxious. Right. And I know you're going to worry because that's going to be right. part of, that's part of the human experience. It's part of the human, yep, exactly. But in those times, guess what? Come to me. I'm going to wrap yeah. you in my arms. I'm right here with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in control. I'm going to work things out. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be afraid because I'm here. And when I shifted how I saw those verses and I shifted how I saw God speaking to me, it changed everything. Again, the shame and guilt about it went away and it became the prompt just to turn me to Christ. God's just saying, hey, when you feel this way, I'm inviting you to have peace by coming to me, by inviting me into that struggle, by letting me come and right. hold you. Let me come and remind you of what is true and real. Even though you're feeling all these feelings, yeah. let me tell you what is true in the midst of all of that. Right, right. And so wow. that's been a powerful shift for me, especially as this battle, this journey's been so long and so enduring and so seemingly never ending. I think anytime an illness or pain or suffering lingers long, it's really easy to lose hope and get discouraged and wonder if God even hears. When the healing doesn't come, when the pain doesn't end, when that thing you want so badly to get better doesn't get better. Does that mean God doesn't hear me? Does that mean I'm not praying right? Does that mean I'm doing something wrong? No, that just means you're human. And part of living this life is suffering. And Jesus never promised us a life free of suffering. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will suffer. But don't lose heart because I've overcome the world. So that, but so important. We will, we will endure this suffering, but he's with us in it. And even if it's long during, and even if it feels like it's never going to end, and reality is it may not end this side of heaven. It may, some people, and I don't know why, I don't know why some people have to suffer more, longer. Some people endure such pain and so many hard, hard things. I don't know why, but I know that one day, someday, even if it's not this side of heaven, there will be healing and there will be, God will make all things new and all the wrong things will be made right. And that's the hope that we can cling to and trust that even if we have to keep walking this hard path, we're not walking yeah. it alone. And so that's kind of shifted things for me because for a long time, I really fought this ba- this journey we're on. I'm like, I don't want to walk this. God, just heal it. Just take care of it. I, I just wanted it to be over. I just wanted to get on with life already. I wanted to get back to what we had planned and what we thought how we thought things were going to unfold. Um, at at the beginning of this journey four years ago, we actually were planning on moving to Denver, Colorado to help plan a church. Mm -hmm. We had committed to going with, we had friends who were moving there to plant a church and we're like, yeah, we want to be on that team. We really felt God calling us to do that. 
which would have been a huge shift. We've lived in Georgia forever. My girls have never known anywhere but here. But we were committed. Right. as We even traveled to Denver that summer before my daughter got sick um, the first time. We traveled there. We were scouting out houses. Like, we had a plan. We even bought a four-wheel drive car so we could drive up the mountains. Mm. Like, we really were like, we're <laughs> yeah. going to act in faith. We're going to take these steps in faith, trust that God's going to work it out, and he's going to make that way. But my husband never could. He couldn't get a job. He applied to so many places, and everything fell through. And we thought, okay, well, maybe it's just the timing. Maybe we just have to wait. But then Lily started having panic attacks. And then that just spiraled and got, and at the same time, we're trying to make this other plan work. We're trying to say, no, God, you said this. We thought this was how it was going to go. We thought this was going to be the challenge. Never expected this to be our challenge. This wasn't supposed to be the journey. So how do we get through this so we can get on with what we thought was supposed to be the plan? Um, I've learned that that's, (laughs) this is not how it works. Um, And that I can make all my plans, but. God knows what's best. And so this journey may not end. We may keep walking this, and we may have to walk it for a really long time. But I've accepted that now and realized, okay, things aren't unfolding the way I dreamed or hoped or planned. But that doesn't mean it can't be good right here, even in the middle of it. That doesn't mean he's not still there. Um, In fact, I think we've grown so much through it, through these hard things. He just keeps shaping us in the waiting. He keeps molding us and keeps whittling down all the things, all the fluff and stuff, all the stuff we like to cover up to make ourselves look all pretty and we have it all together. When all that gets knocked away, you realize what's really there. And that that core and that foundation has become so much more precious to me. I don't care about all that fluff and stuff anymore. I'm like, no, I got Jesus. He really is all that I it's need. It's the prize. That's so good. Wow. All that I need. Hey friends, I can't tell you how many times we've had someone write in or message us asking us for a list of the podcast episodes and resources we have on a particular topic or pain point. In fact, just the other day, someone asked me, hey, can you point me to all the episodes you guys have on sexual betrayal? Because unfortunately, this person had just recently discovered that this was now part of their story. We get this question so much that we decided to do something about it to make it easier for you. Rather than wading through our entire library of very inspirational content, if I may say so myself, how about if we just give you a list of everything that we have on a particular topic you're looking for? We've done that, built some of these lists, and we call these lists Curated Pathways. With Curated Pathways on topics like grief, child loss, sexual betrayal, childhood trauma, widowhood, and more, we've compiled the very best resources from Nothing Is Wasted Ministries all in one place that will speak directly to what you're experiencing right now or what a friend or a family member is experiencing We've packaged this in an easy way for you to consume it, you to access this material, or for you to send it over to a friend or family member you know who's experiencing a particular pain point right now. Our Curated Pathways will give you access to everything we've created from past podcast episodes to bonus content, masterclasses, live coaching, and everything in between. Let's be honest, when you're facing a crisis, a loss, or a trauma, just don't have the time or the energy or emotional bandwidth to search for what could help you heal. That's why we've created Curated Pathways. 
so that you can more directly and quickly access the resources that you need. Now, you can get a taste of what our Curated Pathways are all about by going to nothingiswasted.com slash pathways. But if you're ready to go to the next level on your healing journey, you can access the full library of our resources, including the entire Curated Pathway you're looking for by becoming a Community Plus member. For just $20 a month or $200 a year, you'll have access to the complete collection of Nothing Is Wasted Curated Pathways. As a Community Plus member, you'll be able to access a new Curated Pathway each month as our collection grows and as we release those. Our team has been working very hard to catalog, index, organize, and distribute our library of content in a way that will be most helpful to you, to your friends, to your family, because we know what it's like to face pain we want to equip you with the tools you need to find hope and healing as you move from pain to purpose. Join Community Plus today at nothingiswasted.com slash community plus or get a little taste of our curated pathways at nothingiswasted.com slash pathways. Both of those links are here in the show notes. We want to help you partner with God to take back your story. And we're committed to giving you resources that will help you do just that. Jen, you know, uh, there's, I'm sure there's someone who's listen, listening to this, watching this on YouTube, and they're going, you know, I, I, I hear you, Jen. I hear what you're saying in terms of, okay, the breath thing, maybe I should try that. Prayer, you said that really, prayer always really helps to regulate and, and center my soul. I, I've tried prayer, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. seem to work. I mean, I've heard this. So, I've tried asking God to take away my anxiety. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. speak to that a little bit because mm-hmm. you know, when I hear someone say that I totally understand where they're coming from. And I'm like very, you know, empathetic too, to say, I know it's that that's gotta be so difficult to feel like you're crying out to God, asking God to take something away from you. And it's, it's not working so to speak, but that is also a unidimensional approach to prayer. What would you say to that person who, would be kind of like objecting with you a little bit about sure. prayer and breath and stuff yep. because of because of their experience. I'd say I have been right there too. And I've prayed those same prayers and thought God wasn't hearing me. I must not be praying right or trusting him enough or my faith must not be strong enough because why am I still struggling even though I pray? Yeah. And these last four years, I've prayed so many prayers begging God for the outcome I wanted, for the things to ha- go the way I thought were best for healing. Um, now, can God work miracles? Can he heal? Could he remove my anxiety tomorrow if he wanted to? Absolutely. He is all powerful. He could yeah. do anything. Why does he choose not to? Why doesn't he do all those things? Why doesn't he answer every prayer the way we ask it? Mm. Those are big questions. Those are hard questions, and they're hard to live out in that waiting to keep trusting him even when you don't see yeah. him, when you can't hear him, when he feels right. utterly silent. I have been there. I have walked through months and months of feeling like, God, are you even hearing me? And I've said those words to him and I've gotten angry with him because he hasn't, he hasn't healed my girl the way I wanted him to. It's not fair. It's not right. She shouldn't have to suffer with these things. She shouldn't have to struggle the way she does. Let me, let me have it. God, give it to me. Take it from her. Let her have a good, happy life. Don't, don't put her, don't put this on her, on a 13 year old, on a 14 year old. Yeah. 
I'm like, it's not fair, God. And I think every parent who's had a kid who's had some kind of major illness or condition has felt the same way, has cried out the same thing. We don't understand God's ways. We don't understand why he doesn't answer the way we want him to. And that's really the core of it. We want him to. We pray with this expectation of an outcome that we expect and not with open hands accepting like Jesus did, even when, you know, in in the garden when he said, God, if it be your will, take this from me. He prayed for it to be taken, but not your will, not my will, but your will be done. Right. And when we pray that way, he always answers our prayers. We may not like it. We may not understand it. And it may feel like he's abandoned us, but that's why, that's why focusing on truth that is bigger than our feelings and clinging to that and the hope in his word, if we trust his word is true, then we can trust his promises will be fulfilled and we can lean into that. His timing is not like ours. His ways are not like ours. We can't see what he sees. We don't, we have a tiny little puzzle piece we're holding of a giant thousands of pieces puzzle that he is orchestrating and working a masterpiece out of. And all we see is this tiny little piece that doesn't make any sense. And it might be totally black and totally dark and we don't see any way out. Right. But God sees what we can't and he knows what we don't. And trusting him means trusting that he may not answer my prayers the way that I want him to. Do I still pray them? Absolutely. We still pray because he does hear our prayers and Prayer is not so much to get what we want, our, our desired outcome, as it is to align our soul with his will and, right, and right. share our burdens, give him those burdens, give him our wants, give him our desires, and at the same time trust, okay, God, I will accept. You know what I want. You know what I'm asking. You know what I'm begging for. And right. if you give me that answer, I will praise you. If you don't yeah. give me that answer... I will praise you still. And that's the hard part about it. Um, But that's, again, where you get down to that real nitty-gritty of your faith. Do you really trust God when when you can't see, when he feels so silent? Do you really still hold on to him in those times? Because that's when you find out really what your faith is grounded in. And so, yeah, I would say keep praying. Don't give up. Keep turning to him. Keep seeking him. He will, he's, he is there with you. And you yeah. can, and the more you do that, the more you keep turning to him. And I found the more I respond to my anxiety and my fears by slowing down, taking some deep breaths and turning my mind to Christ, the more I do that, the more automatic it becomes, number one. Like, so now if I start feeling anxious, I just automatically, okay, I need to stop and I'll turn my mind to some truth I've tucked away in my heart. Yeah. And that becomes more of my automatic response rather than spiraling into panic. But also the more I do that, the more the Holy Spirit works. And the the Bible tells us he's given us his Holy Spirit who is renewing our mind day by day as we follow him. He, and literally as we breathe and as we 
train our brains to react to things in different ways and we make new pathways in our brain. We literally are changing mm. our brain. We're right. rerouting those neurons. Like there's science right. behind that that is so fascinating. Like when mm. we create, that's how we create new habits in our life. That's how we create new, we memorize things. Our brain's making new connections, new pathways. We forge right. new ways. You can do that, but it takes intentionality and it takes yeah. consistency over time. And God's doing that in our brain. Like that to me, that's right. just a, that's a picture of what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's literally remaking us from the that's inside right. out. It doesn't yeah. happen overnight, and it's not a quick fix. And the healing you want may not come, but the one you need, you always get. And so the miracle, yeah. and I pray for so many miracles, and I know God can work amazing. He does every day, every day mm-hmm. around the world, there are miracles happening. Just maybe not the one that I wanted, <laughs> the one I begged for, right. but we always get the miracle we need most because we always get his presence with us through it all. And if we can, yeah. if I, sometimes when I wrap my head around, if I, I have these moments where I can wrap my head kind of around that and it's overwhelming that God himself is with me through yeah. this, I'm not walking this alone, that in and of itself brings a comfort that is really hard to explain because it comes from him. It only comes from him. And so I would say to people who are struggling and don't think this will work, just try and just trust him. Don't, don't make it about, it's not about that desired outcome. It's about connecting to your creator and, and, Mm, and opening your hands up to whatever, whatever he gets. It's hard, but that's where, that's where that change comes. Right. And that's where a peace comes from. Yeah. You know, scripture, Mm -hmm. scripture calls it a peace that passes all understanding will guard Mm -hmm. your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That comes right after talking about be anxious for nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. It also comes right right after talking about what we're, what our minds are to be focused on. Right. Mm -hmm. If anything is good, pure, you know, excellent, praiseworthy, focus on such things, think about Mm -hmm. such things. And so scripture is giving us the blueprint for how we are to live in this fallen world as fallen beings to realign ourselves with the rhythms of Christ. And, and, you know, I love that you mentioned, you, you talked about those neural pathways that are being reformed or renewed. And I just thought about second Corinthians four sixteen. therefore we do not lose heart though. Outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Mm-hmm. And it yes. can feel like a very long, arduous mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. at times. Um, Scripture talks about the idea of long suffering, as you've t- yes. alluded to earlier, and and yet it's a, it's a day by day occurrence. Mm-hmm. Romans twelve two talks about it says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Mm-hmm. So this is something. This is our journey, friends. Mm-hmm. As you're listening to Jen talk about this, as you as you're wrestling through your own untangling of trauma or tragedy Mm -hmm. that's going on in your life, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. This is a daily journey of sanctification with Christ where we're being renewed day by day. Most of the time, Jen, I've not heard a lot of people say they prayed and snap, poof, God (laughs) healed them from these kinds of maladies. Mm -hmm. That that happens occasionally. Absolutely it does. Praise God for those stories, Mm -hmm. right? But for most of us, it is a day by day, being renewed day by day by day. And we wind up down, you know, years down the road, looking back going, wow, look how far God has brought me. Look how faithful he has been. Yeah. And, um, and I think that is how your story has unfolded and is continuing to unfold 
And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for you to you know, just the courage and the, um, for you to share this vulnerably with us. I mean, and, and sharing it with the world through this, this book that you've released. And it's just, I can't imagine how difficult that is in the middle of it to be like, man, we're still in the throes of this guys and we're trying to figure this thing out. And yet here I'm offering what we're, um, that takes a whole lot of courage and I'm so grateful for it. And yet God's, God is doing something in you so that it can be revealed to the world. Um, and so I appreciate you sharing all of this. I appreciate you spending time with us and everything that you're doing, Jen. It's amazing. Thank you. Okay. So what, where can we, where can we learn more about you? Where can we follow what you're doing? Um, we're going to make sure that we put a link on the show notes here, uh, for folks to get a copy of your book. Um, but where else can we just kind of follow along? Cause I know that the journey is still going for you, but I know that God is doing a whole lot and you've got a message to carry and to share with, with folks and people want to tune in. Yeah, well, the easiest place to go um, is breathasprayer.com. That's the book page. Mm. And from there, that's on my website. So you can just go to the homepage and then you can find me on Twitter or not Twitter. Well, I am on Twitter, but I don't do anything on Twitter. Uh, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, Twitter. I was going to make a lot of Twitter and read, jokes but I don't right there, do anything but I'll just on filter there. that out. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we all on Twitter and we don't do anything there Oh my anymore, gosh, right? yeah, I just scroll. <laughs> like, see what drama's happening. <laughs> no, no, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I share mostly on Instagram and I'll share yeah. over to Facebook sometimes, but Instagram's kind of my, my main thing. Um, okay. So it's Jen awesome. underscore Little House Studio because that's my little business. Name, okay. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll put yeah. all those links in the show notes here so you guys can okay. easily access those. And uh, Jen, thank you so much for spending time with us. This has just been so, I mean, refreshing, enlightening. You stirred me up. So thank you. Oh. And I know you've stirred up so many of our listeners as they're listening to this. And so that this is a, such a prevalent issue. Everybody, uh, you know, there's so many folks who are, who are wrestling with anxiety and a lot of people are struggling silently with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I appreciate you just bringing this out to the open and saying it's important to learn about this, to learn about why you are struggling with anxiety, right? To kind of step back and get gain a perspective and a get a 30,000 foot view of it, mm-hmm. gain some distance. And then, and then like what you said, it empowers you. It gives you agency to tackle it head on and go, okay. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in me. And so we can overcome this too. It might be a day by day thing but we can overcome this as well. So thanks for that reminder. This has been just such a sweet time. Thank you so much. Wow. What a great, yeah, great wonderful. conversation with Jen, man. You know, we, um, she talked quite a bit about this idea of perfectionism. Some of the things mm-hmm. that, that she was having to really wrestle through. And yeah. it's interesting that she began to find herself experiencing a lot of anxiety in the midst of trying to help her daughter untangle anxiety. And, um, and that really is because she identified it. She pinpointed it. It's because, you know, she didn't have everything in control. And, um, you know, some of that there, there, Aubrey, I found that maybe, maybe you can speak to this in your own experience too, but I found that some personalities have a propensity toward anxiety Mm -hmm. because there are some personalities that, um, their vice is, you know, wanting to control. Yeah. And I think everybody has on some level this, this desire to control, right? But there of are some course. particular personalities that have a little bit more of a 
And, you know, the, the Enneagram gives us a good lens for this. I was just thinking know, we tend to speak Enneagram sometimes when we talk about this. Yep. But there's, there's definitely, you know, I think about, like Christy and I talk about this all the time. She is a, she's a wing six, seven wing six. And so her six can tend to run away with some of the like worst case scenarios, right? Yeah. And so what, it, what sixes try to do is they try to then kind of hedge against those. And and then her seven, when she gets stressed, she can go to a one where she is a hypercritical and can try to control the things, right? Yeah. And so she, and she would tell you this, she by nature struggles with anxiety or anxious thoughts more than than I do. Mm-hmm. As a wing four, I wonder if you're as a four, but as a three wing four, my tendency is more like I just I'm a little bit I go a little bit more passive in that kind of stuff. I don't hang yeah. on to anxious thoughts. Yeah. But I have other vices, right? So we each have kind sure. of different vices that we have to sort through and work through. Um, you know, whereas like maybe the, the fruit of the spirit that she's going to need and desire the most, or that's going to be most difficult for her is peace. Right. Whereas the fruit of the spirit for me, um, really might be like, like love, like a sacrificial love. That's not self-seeking or self-serving, you know? So I think it's important to know those things, but I say all that to bring a caveat to the idea of like, this I, this con- perfectionism control, what it can do is it can begin to cause us to s- slide down that slope of anxiety. And I've said this mm-hmm. before. I think that where we get in trouble with anxiety is we try to control the things that only God can control, and we fail to control the things he's given us agency over. Interesting. We get those Unpack misplaced. that somewhere. Yeah. Well, there are certain things about our life that really are absolutely out of our control. Totally. And so we begin to try to put our hands around those things. And the more we try to put our hands around those things, the more slippery they become and elusive yeah. they become. Yeah. And so it causes this angst inside of us that full-blown can become anxiety. Whereas anxiety can also come from there are a lot of things that we need to put our hands to to do. Yeah. And yeah. we don't. Yeah. Because we're worried, fearful, whatever it is, right? But it's like God's going, hey, these are the things I've asked you to control. So you know, you can hmm. think about like, um, uh, I think about like finances, right? Yeah. If yeah. I'm not budgeting, if we don't, as a household, we're not like looking right. after and stewarding our finances, the right. things that God told us to control or to have agency over, then that's going to lead to a lot of anxiety. In and of it itself. will lead to a lot of anxiety, right? Cause you'll right. realize like, Oh no, I'm out of money. I overspent I, or I'm right. in debt or I have credit card problems. Yeah. All of mm-hmm. it went, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's control. That's a controllable Mm-hmm. Whereas you might have a financial crisis that really at the end of the day, like you couldn't yeah. control. It that was out of your control. Yeah. And so we have to trust the Lord with those things. Right. And mm-hmm. just, so it's the practice of trusting God, you know, Philippians talks about be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and petition, present your requests to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding regard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Right. And so that's the practice of releasing or relinquishing the control that we can't, we don't have. And, and then putting our hands to the things that yeah. we, know we have agency over. It is funny because I am, and I know we do a lot of Enneagram speak here, but I, I also don't tend to really struggle with anxiety or worry. And, and I also probably more like you will kind of move into like a passivity or something mm-hmm. instead of like, I don't know, whatever the opposite would be diving in a little bit more, but I, right. it, but you know, I won't. I won't say too much about my kids because I haven't asked their permission. But I, 
uh, you know, my kids deal with some of this like worry, right. anxiety stuff. And right. that's been interesting as a mom who doesn't necessarily, mm. that's not, again, I have other vices. That's just not necessarily right. one to right. kind of walk them through even like trusting the Lord and, uh-huh. and okay, what do we do when we're feeling anxious? What right. are some of the, uh, the, Skills that we can put up. Breath prayer is one of those that I've practiced right. with my kids before. Uh, kind of claiming the truth of scripture is something we've done with our kids. And of course, like what if it's gotten bad, we our kids have seen therapists if they needed to, et cetera. But like it is um interesting how I how we do both try to control mm. things we can't in our worry. But then that has, like, as we control it, almost brings more anxiety. Yep. yep. So I, it's a very strange cycle. It really is. And really is. somehow it's like the release of control. But like you said, not being so passive that you aren't doing the things God has called you to right. do. I don't. I right. don't totally know the answer to all of it. But it is interesting to think about control as a place yeah. of anxiety. Well, Christy told us we were talking about the course that she teaches, the Back to the Garden course. And she, yeah. I was on, I teach one of the sessions with her about emotional, spiritual health. And, um, and so I'm sitting here listening to her talk about this to this cohort of people that she's teaching. And she tells a story of, or kind of an anecdote illustration, I guess, of they did some, some brain mapping in um, animals like zebras, right? Yeah. And they put the zebra under like a fight or flight you know, lion comes and just see its reaction. Well, a zebra is going to, in that situation, is just going to run, right? They just go into limbic system kicks in and they just, they hide out of there. Right. Yeah. And then after it words where human beings, we're going to ruminate on what happened. Mm -hmm. We're going to begin to create scenarios that will cause us to be fearful or triggered or right. Yes, totally. Zebras don't. They have a very animalistic approach to life where it's survival, fight or flight, and then they're back into homeostasis, right? Where they're just back in square one. And so literally the reason they don't like zebras or other, you know, they don't struggle with anxiety because they don't remember the lion. Wow. (laughs) When it's all said and done and they're safe, they, you know, you, if you were to go and ask the zebra, hypothetically, what did you think about that lion? They go, what lion? Come on. And it was such a powerful illustration that she she said it. I'd never heard it before. And I just chuckled. I was like, huh. Wow. It is so helpful because most of the quote unquote lions in our life really don't exist. They don't that exist. is so interesting. And We've, we we imagine them fear. or, or yeah, yeah. that the bottom's going to drop out or the lions are on the corner yes, or whatever. Exactly. Wow. And, and he has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power of love and of a sound mind. Mm. And so I think we have recently, since she taught that we've recently just used that phrase, like what lion? That's (laughs) so good. It's such a great little phrase to think about. It's like, wait a minute, stop myself. Hold on. Going down the rabbit trail. What's the lion that I'm like avoiding right now or afraid of right now or whatever. Yep. But to try to release that and go, there's actually no lion. Yeah. Or to ask the Lord to help you kind of forget the lion yeah. or whatever. It's fascinating. Yeah. So, so interesting. Well, um, we have other courses for you and other resources mm-hmm. available for you to help aid in your healing, to help you find hope in your journey, help with 
Uh, you know, grief and trauma, but often this control and this anxiety that comes from yeah, that. So we right. would love to invite you to go to our website, nothingiswasted.com. There we've got our community platform, Community Plus. We've got coaching. We've got videos, content, like all kinds of things specifically curated for you to um, really have have bolstering and, and right. resources in your There's own grief journey. There's a lot to engage with right there. I mean, we've yeah. been recently doing all these master classes. Like once a month, we have a master class. They're incredible. Yeah. Some of them taught by our coaches, some of them by our staff. Yeah. And I mean, Community Plus would be worth the quote unquote price of admission just mm-hmm. to access those master classes every month and yeah, just totally. get some and, and the curated pathways that we have there for you. And what's really cool about it, Aubrey, too, is because we're a nonprofit that we're able to offer Community Plus as a tax-deductible membership. It's a donation so for you that you can write off. it's a donation yeah. for you at, yeah. to, to subscribe to Community Plus, and you receive a, a giving statement at the end of the year for that. So yeah, that's it's awesome. just another great way for you guys to support this ministry as we're helping to support people who are going through really difficult things. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, you can go to nothingiswasted.com. We also want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. You can download and stream his music wherever it is you do that. We also love engaging with you on the socials. We are at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn, and at Obsamp on the Instagram. Next week, we have an awesome conversation. Actually, you have an awesome conversation. I do. Aubrey, yeah, this was so Ike fun. And Sharon, is it hod? It's no, it is Hurd? hottie, like hottie with a body. Hottie. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's Sharon Hottie Miller and wow. Ike Miller. They're friends of mine. They're church planters and pastors at Bright City that. Church in North Carolina. We have an incredible conversation with them about kind of what we've just been talking about the cost mm. of control why we crave it, the anxiety it gives us, and the power that God promises. So let's go ahead and take a listen to part of my conversation with Ike and Sharon Hottie Miller. Yeah, so I guess in terms of the planting, we uh, started that process back in 2017, I guess. I was working at a church as a college and young adults pastor, but was kind of reaching that point of feeling like it was time for whatever God had next. And so uh, I was feeling this sense of God calling us to do something together, but Sharon was not. And kept I know shutting that, that feeling down. very <laughs> well, by the way. Yes, that is relatable. Go ahead. So, yes, to the point of like, do you just not want to do ministry with me? What's the mm. deal? You know, but I think for her, it was she was writing. I was a pastor. We weren't really sure what that looked like. And kind of the story goes, uh, we were actually interviewing, or I was interviewing for a position at a church in Florida. And it was one of those middle of the night things where God kind of woke me up and said, I want you guys to go plant a church. And I was like, you're crazy. We're not doing that. You know, forget about it. Um, but I, eventually I was like, okay, I need to at least tell Sharon because if God starts doing crazy stuff, I need somebody to be like, Hey, remember that whole thing? 